0: War podcast episode twenty four go. War podcast episode twenty five go.
1: Did you record that? Huh?
0: That that (laughs) quartet? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughing) Why wouldn't I record that? I don't know. Oh, oh God. I, you didn't let us know. Huh? Have I, you know know I we ever let any of you know? No, he never does. No. That's Ember, I, I just see the screen. And you now know where we're going. I get to see everything. I know where everything's happening. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> you got I got God's a mic eye. in front of me. Eagle eye. You do have a mic in front of you. I have a mic in front of me oh, too. Oh, I moved I moved away from the mic and Dan's getting <laughs> furious. Mason's gonna
2: sound like this, he's gonna sound like this, he's gonna sound like this, he's gonna sound like this. Makes good radio. Does I it, don't know about that. Does not makes good radio? Hi being, Dylan. speaking of good radio
1: uh, hi
2: hi mason hi dan hello mason hi alex hi mason
0: i'm a salty bitch <laughs> now that we got that out of the way um he what's, is a salty what's bitch going on, because guys? we
2: actually said hi to everybody the right way and normally gets so pissed at us and he doesn't give us any thanks you want to start over the right way no 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 what's going on guys not much how are you I think first we need to tell people that we're sorry we missed you last week, but we were buried under snow because the city of Richmond is um, terrible.
0: Actually, you and Dylan were buried under snow because well, Alex and I mm-hmm. were on the... This is the Richmond Extremely... Utilities
2: Podcast, so I think a natural extension of that is to talk about how bad the city of Richmond is at cleaning up snow. <laughs> it, there's
0: nowhere to put it. I don't know. I don't. Where, where, <laughs> do you guys, where are you going to put the snow?
2: Away. Dan Dan's solution was
0: just like just push it all in the river, and I'm like sure. no, no, no 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 If you are if as a rowing are, coach, he does not want
2: that. If you there's already snow in the river. If you plow the snow when it's snowing, it doesn't get dirty. You put it in the river because that's just where it's going to go when it melts, and you're good to go. What about all the snow that hit the street? Doesn't matter. Hit the street hard, man. I don't think go. you
0: understand what that entails, Dan. Daniel. Anyways. You put it in the case. It's all parking right. lots. because in the snow, the extremely popular off brand podcast was recorded. Ooh. It's some shameless shit. <laughs> that was a shameless plug right there for Mason's other but podcast. That's the only time. I haven't actually put it up and It's it's on the internet. It's off Why don't you tell people <clears> what <throat> it is? me. <laughs> uh, that that it's biz. pretty much it's this podcast, but better. Uh, oh, <laughs> because it doesn't have Dylan or Ryan in it. Oh, God. No no no, we just talk about I kind of just yeah, I it's liked, salty this point. I liked
1: uh we're gonna make the double D podcast. It's gonna be Dylan and Dan. Yeah. Oh boy. I take that. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Ours or yours? Yours. Huh. Let's hear it. Hey Dan. Hey Dylan. Man, it's so great not having Mason on the podcast. <laughs> it really <laughs>
2: is. That guy smells like lemons. Yeah, he's a Lots salty bitch. Lemon. He's a salty bitch. Salty and sour. Kind of like Mason, though. You gotta
1: carry
0: the ball, Dylan. What are you want? What? <laughs>
1: you can't critique in the middle of our podcast. Get the
0: fuck out of here! All right, I'm, I can't handle it anymore. You guys are you guys are good color commentary. I'll see the I'll see That's the worst. DD podcast.
2: I don't know if I feel I don't know if I like <laughs> that label. Alex might not like us. <laughs>
0: No, no, no more. We're putting that, I'm putting it to bed. No, I agree. I'm
2: yeah. putting it to, no, bed. I putting to, put it to bed. bed. And we should put it to bed in public yep. spaces, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right, we should. I agree with that. Because Alex is actually a really wonderful, so, wonderful and, human, being. human being. A kind human being is isn't oh, racist. not racist
3: at all.
1: Go. So the best part was... <laughs> I hate everyone equally. So I created sure. the title screen. So we're doing Global Game Jam this weekend. We can get into that. But the best part was me putting in a temporary title for the game and so I was like hey guys look at the game and you know splash screen board logo comes up fades off it's like game created by Mason Alex, Dan, Dylan, John who's the other guy that's um working with us and then that fades off and then it just fades it with the logo t- logo text that says Alex is racist. I give you those fonts <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I put that in there so we yeah. were like doing a test of the game it yeah. just comes up I'm like well
2: that's it was pretty funny though it was pretty it funny. It was good all right. Yeah. But we. Need, I, I changed the title now. But for a test back to what we were saying earlier, Alex is not a racist. He is a very kind individual. And I've never heard him say bad things about anybody pertaining to their skin. Yeah. <laughs> just about their personalities. Just about their just, personalities. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. And
3: I did not pay these gentlemen any form of money or threaten their families to make them say that.
2: He has a gun to my head right now. <laughs> he just threatened my money.
1: <laughs> um, all right but now we're stalling while mason makes coffee so mason
0: well i was i was, letting, I was kind of trying to hear out the uh the dylan and dan, dan podcast and oh i realize we were still talking about we invited <laughs> alex on yeah. um but it's everyone it but you it was, here's some notes um a lot of a lot of middle fingers a lot of a lot of um a lot of kind of talking around the topic but you didn't bring up the fact that Alex is a brutal sexist. Oh my
2: god!
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
2: Uh, no. That's so no, much worse. I would kidding. like to point out I would like right, to, for everyone <laughs> No, okay. No, for everyone <laughs> listening, if you go to Alex's website and look at his resume, you will feminism actually see that he is, is listed as feminism as one of his interests. So he Alex, is not Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I put on my resume. Is That's it, cool. It, so it, yeah, I'm down about. with that because I'm also very passionate about feminism. Because my wife is awesome. That's not specifically why I'm down with feminism, but she also uh, writes books. She, she, comes she to does. She, writes, for Kelly's she books. writes my my wife, uh, Kelly Eden, is an Prime. author. Uh, and Kelly Eden, the <laughs> author, has her first book called The Wedding Date coming out on April 5th. And she is uh, snarky and funny and feminist. What's we'll up with plugging everyone else's uh, shit on this podcast? There you go. Uh, wait, can we
3: talk about games? <laughs> no. Let's uh, talk about some on. games.
0: I, I do want to. Um, there's a format to this. Just, there's a just, form, just go cute. with it. We got a format. We gotta uh, talk about utilities, plugs first. All right. So since we are, um, yeah, hmm, I don't know. Actually, now that we put the whole. Alex, yeah, you can't. We can't do the documentary oh, Come at all, on, we gotta but... talk about it a little bit. All right. Okay. About hold on. On. Uh, no, no, we only, yeah. we only, we only, we only yeah. mentioned that. But okay. I want to say that that um, so we Alex and I bought uh, War of the Monsters last night, which is a PS2. Um, came out 2003. It's a game by who's the guy? It was the lead designer on. Here, you mentioned his name. It's David on God of War. Oh, and, oh um, he's a super outspoken guy. Uh, uh, Jaffe, anyway, yes, David, David Jaffy. Jaffy. He was involved with War of the Monsters. It's a uh, insom- up you, Insomniac, huh?
1: Get up on your mic. Yeah, like yeah, like that. There you go. Mm.
0: Um, yeah. I I I don't. We didn't. I don't like being interrupted <laughs> in the middle of a sentence. On, did told, Insomniac release it? Huh. War of the monsters? That's not Insomniac, was it? Uh, it's the studio. No, no, no. It's um the studio that made Twisted Metal, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look it up right now.
3: Um, so this is a game that came out in two thousand three. You play as um any number of uh of variations on the movie monster giant robot trope. You know, maybe you're Godzilla or King Kong and. Or you know, obviously, name something different so they don't get sued, and they, they look a little different.
2: <laughs> Rodzilla, yeah. Kang Tang Kong.
3: Um, <laughs> and when it came out, I remember being blown away by, oh, this game looks amazing! It's so much fun to play. You know, the environment's totally destructible. When you destroy a building, you pick up, you know, a power converter or a steel beam and throw it at your opponent. And it was just a lot of fun to play. Um, playing it now, thirteen years later, uh, has not aged well.
2: Oh, I bet. I was gonna say I had not played it originally, but watching it last night. Uh I knew you were, I knew you were frustrated with the controls We're just watching you. Camera. But uh specifically just the graphics I did not feel oh, held yeah. up well. No. So much you're, at all for you, a game that's only 13 years old. Here's what I remember because
3: of the controls. So the PS4 controller is by a lot of accounts perfect. Mm. You, well
4: not
0: compared New, to that sweet elite controller. Not compared to the, control, the sweet elite controller so is pretty sweet. Compared Sorry, to the PS two controller,
3: yeah. it sleeps and bounds better.
0: Well I used the D pad when we were playing last night. I don't know if you did too.
3: Um I use the sticks. Um, but I remember having to lock on, so you have to hold two buttons to lock on. Now it's L one and R one. I remember having to squeeze those silly soft buttons on the PS two controller. And I would play this game for hours and hours and hours and yeah. Uh,
1: squeeze those good. soft buttons. <laughs>
2: Dylan's making making creepy eyebrow movements. That this way. is my only I talent. I love when Alex squeezes my soft buttons.
1: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Squeezing buttons is not fun.
3: Welcome, you can't hear how hard to, I'm shaking welcome my to head. Creepy yeah, podcast.
2: Mason's
1: really disappointed right now.
2: Anyway. Mason's being a salty bitch today. Short version. Game is great, <laughs> but it hasn't know. aged well.
0: Well, okay, so I kind of want to talk about the uh it's the, the concept of uh, of and it's been tried many times of, of nostalgia. Am I on the mic? You're good. me out. You're good. The uh, nostalgia, right? We all think of these games. You can't set. You can't throw me off. I'm, I'm, I'm Mason. I'm always. I, I'm always uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, he just absorbs it and think, makes it his own. Think about being anxious times a hundred constantly, and then add like one arm that sweats more than the other, and that's it. <laughs> <me. laughs> um, it's true. He has one arm right now that is just, just dripping strength. all over the floor. Um, it's rotted off. So, which is kind of oh. why I became really good friends with my friend in high school because one time he was like, my left armpit sweats more than my right, and I'm like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> Anyways, hey, um, you're the one who called me out on saying it was weird that I noticed Dan had the
3: same allergies as me, and that's how we became friends. True story. I said that was. I don't think that was me. One of you. It was one of you two.
1: No, I no, I man. didn't. I remember you saying that because you're talking about like the allergy, like their the marks. They make. Yeah, yeah. What is that? The the markings. It's just a standard. Cut you off. A
3: standard allergic reaction to um. It's like when you get, when you join an allergen, um, marking. it's
2: like, a, what is It's, it, it, it's caused it's... by histamines, histamine production from your autoimmune system. Yeah. Oh. Basically it recognizes what happens when allergies enter your system. Your body recognizes the allergen as a foreign dangerous thing and your immune system kicks in, but it has hard time regulating the difference between your body and the allergen. And so it starts to Attacks treat your things of your body. As if they are the allergens. Like so friendly, friendly fire your, is your on. Your skin. Yeah, friendly fire, <laughs> friendly fire exactly. is on. What? Um, <laughs> so So your skin, it it starts to like bother your skin. So what is the difference between dog allergy? Like we
1: guys talk about cat allergies, right?
3: Uh, dog and cat allergies are are similar. Um, it's it's the dander yeah. and But you can be allergic to one another. other. Did we record but,
0: me saying it was weird? We did.
3: It, it was on the podcast. Are
0: you sure? Yeah. yeah
3: did we? It was one of our I think it was our second guest episode. Mm. Um
0: we gotta talk about more interesting things Wait. than allergies
3: <laughs> and utilities. Anyway, Guys, we got a whole ball right. up here. So your your friend, you became friends with because <laughs> he sweats more. No, it was that was a joke. I mean, he sweats did out allergies.
0: This. Okay, so this, so War of the Monsters is a game that I've I've held up for uh, for many years. Is this thing that and Alex and I have talked about it, as something that we held pretty fondly, and it's a fun. It was a beat em up multiplayer game that we played with your friends, uh, and it's probably one of the first games that I've gone back to and been like, man. Games have improved. Like, the the, the tide has, has been risen. Like, everything's just better. Like, even the bad games don't control like this. You don't see games... GoldenEye did that for me. Right, GoldenEye. I,
2: I played the ever-loving shit. Sorry, language, but... I what? played Fuck. so much GoldenEye Fucking asshole. when I was a kid. And, good lord, I went back and played that very recently after not having played it for maybe 15 years. And it has... Not H 12. No, I
0: think that's the one that you, you find familiar, but um, and, and it's the kind of thing where there are problems that were being solved when that game came out. Which in War of the Monsters, it's a it's the first time that you were had a, a you could move on all axes up, down, um, and you had a camera that had to track with an opponent around a 3D space, and that hadn't been done now, it's been done for a decade, you know, but you know, the what? 3D, the PS2, 3D was still. In its you know first right. first ten years, you know what
2: game I think really first nailed the three D yeah. camera yeah. and actually has held up because Super I just... Mario sixty four, yeah, Super Thanks. Mario sixty four started working on it. There are still, I, so I I recently went back to Super Mario sixty four and the camera is a little hard to handle, um, but but Ocarina of Time. It, it, so, it as a natural evolution I, of that, I knew you were going to say Celtic game. Well, I, I was waiting but, for it. But Ocarina yeah. of Time specifically was one of those early 3ds where they figured out a way to say if the camera isn't making it, it isn't doing what it's supposed to, they give you a really easy way to readjust it. Yeah, and but it was I one think, of the first mechanics that did that.
0: And I would say that, and this is, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm disagreeing with you. I'm not. I'm saying that. But you're wrong. Well, no, the, the, I think Mario before as a effort is more impressive because of what the game mechanics demand of you. Where Ocarina is is, is very yeah very very flat. You you the jumping is
2: yeah is is they really tied they tied the mechanics in Ocarina into the camera, so they that Z targeting and, the thing thing and, and allows the mechanics to become a part of that camera
0: is is still really smart. But what yeah. I'm saying is that what's so impressive about Mario is is that was the first lap. Oh absolutely. oh, absolutely! That was a release day game. right? Because yeah. was Pilot I, Wings. I, well, I definitely see where first efforts in and games. and it was
2: it was hands down the first I think 3D platformer. Um, I think I think we I think both of the arguments for both games have merits. I think strong. they just do different things. Right. Um. So, so kind of in reference to your um, what was the name of the game? Monster War of the Monsters. War of the Monsters. Monsters, Monsters. Incorporated. Monsters. That's what we'll watching. <laughs> um. Monster House. For War of the Monsters, <laughs> <laughs> it it. Monster I one of the first to, to get what they Punkus. still hadn't gotten in that game was Ocarina. But the first to really show, hey, here's how you do cameras in 3D was Super Mario well, 64. And, uh, I mean, and there, I agree are, with there that.
0: are things about Ocarina that I will say that I think still say, like, I think Ocarina is one of the first games that, that on the Nintendo side, that really put lighting in interesting ways. I think Nintendo still does lighting yeah, in ways that super interesting. I think that the Mario Galaxy does stuff with lighting that's really
2: potent in yeah. a way
0: that makes you feel this, uh, uh, this gooey kind Super, of...
2: Super Super Mario World. I don't know if you've yeah, no, no, no that. And Toad. Toad doesn't have the lighting change. Keeps that going, yeah. The lighting in Super Mario World is pretty impressive. It's so chewy. So <laughs> Everything looks chewy. So,
0: um, <sighs> so War of the Monsters... And, and, and one that thing that I think emotion. that Alex and I realized last night that is that <laughs> combat Shaking loops that have gotten significantly uh, better where things like impact and, 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 and real feel of connection of the action that you're inputting to what you're outputting mm. has been... Drastically improved. Yeah. So about that camera shake. But it's, I think it's a little bit everything. I think that I think a lot of times there's there's animation priority that happens in one of the monsters that immediately pulls you out. Yeah. The, there are a lot of times where I, I would get frustrated
3: because I felt like something happened that I te- like distinctly did not expect to happen. That like,
2: so the thing I noticed watching you last night because I watched you play kind of casually, but then I really got invested in you beating trying to beat that one boss. Yeah. And what I really noticed, I think, is you would like you would get knocked back at a certain point and then because of the clunkiness of the controls in the camera you wouldn't have the time to be able to react to get yourself out of the situation where you'd get hit again yeah simply by virtue of the fact that that was kind of that that clunky uh nature of the controls in the camera and I may be wrong because obviously I wasn't playing I was only watching but that, that was, that kind was of definitely my, part of it
3: yeah um, and being a 13 year old kid um who doesn't know much about game design other than that they love games, uh, a lot of this, I think, felt like, oh, I'm not good enough at this game yet. Let me adapt
2: to the game. Well, fix- I'd, I'd like I to clarify adapted. for our listeners that Alex was a 13-year-old kid when this game first came out. He is not currently a 13-year-old kid sitting in a room I with a bunch 13 of old boy. Men. I don't really I don't know. games. You guys play Halo 5? <laughs> Ugh. What? Ugh. Oh, come on. Nothing wrong,
0: nothing wrong with Halo, but we're mocking the kid on Xbox Live. Oh, we were all the kid on Xbox. I got, I got I no, I got I no problem Xbox with Live. the kid on it. I think it's funny because I see them all the time in Rocket League now where like they like chat me like oh I gave that to you and then I <laughs> I just use the uh, the quick command whoops and I say whoops
2: it was it's a really funny anecdote. A daisy. Um, I forget which IGN commentator uh, I think it might be Justin Davis when they they were talking about playing Evolve and the first time they went to play Evolve um, which is 1v4 co-op uh, it
0: looks so good it fell so flat oh, yeah so, um,
2: so they're talking about the first time they played it they ended up on a team with like a father and son and so they felt really conflicted because they're like well i don't really want to intrude on their personal time and they're like <laughs> oh dad boy we're really gonna get this monster oh and so he's like so i just kind of sat there and didn't say anything and then we're playing and we're playing and the little kids like what's that noise dad oh it sounds like we've got a heavy breather on the microphone over there so it's just, <laughs> it just like so it was just a really weird experience the first time playing yeah. um so th- that's interesting to talk about that you know those kids on xbox live and uh, I, I'd well, like them to show in the the. I like it to
1: cut to their house and it's in black and white and it's like Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right. <his> kid <laughs> and there's gee, some fishing poles and they're about to go fishing. Gee whiz,
2: Dad! When we're done killing this monster, can we go down to get some malts at the malt shop? Can we <laughs> you go bet, down? son. Um.
0: So the uh, what with War of the Monsters though, and I think with with games in general, when you're going back to play them, I think there is that learning curve. Whereas when you go back to when you're familiar with. You want to be able to jump right in because it's, we're trained to, like when you watch a movie or read a book that you use, so you can just get right into it. But with games, there is a, uh, a tutorialization period, you know, you don't have to sit and relearn how to watch a movie. There are some older movies where you do have to reacclimate right. to how movies were made back then. Yep. But even in the past, you know, 15, 20 years, movies are pretty consistent now in their execution. Um, so, I think a lot of frustration with the games comes from, we also just forgot how to play the game. But, Where the game got uh, well,
3: I, I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that just because I remember that game so distinctly more yeah. than any other. Well-designed
2: game Well designed game mechanics to me are timeless. It's like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go pick up Super Mario Three and play it on the on the Nintendo Entertainment System, it still performs beautifully, exactly how you want. The game is just a, a timeless masterpiece. Oh, yeah, I'm not, and I'm and, not, I'm not saying that
0: War of the Monsters is
2: a masterpiece or that the no, no, mechanics no. are. But but to your to your argument that I think. I think there's yes, I agree. There's something to be said about having to kind of relearn certain mechanics, um, but I also think there's something to be said for creating mechanics in the first place that can end up being timeless. Which I think
0: yeah, when you see that you like know, with uh, with Ocarina, and you see that with or um, the, but have something like Super Smash Brothers. Even right, even you and I still always know, play Infinity Fourth Smash Bros. So It yep. just
1: takes a lot of theory crafting. I think. I mean, you're not going to get that on your first outing as a creator.
0: Right, and I you don't you don't see people like like you know. Um, He's the guy that made Inception.
2: Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan.
0: You know, he, he, his first movie he didn't make without cell phones and technology because he wanted to be timeless. He made Inception that way because he knew right. that he now wanted to make something that could, cause if you see Inception, they don't ever use any technology that mm. would date it, except for like cars. Yeah, mm. and it, that's a train that's or a, whatever. And they an use a white van that's pretty pretty timeless. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's, and I think that the Nintendo designers that were designing their systems, by the time we they made 3D games that we hold so dearly, this isn't their first lap, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that, but there's still, there's still going to be games that we really enjoy like GoldenEye or, um, Mm -hmm. that, that were important to us because they were so groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I think that those are the games that you're going to have to, I think to really go back and and illustrate to whether it's your kids or a new generation of of people, you kind of have to walk them through why this was important the same way that you have to walk through someone why, you know, I think hopefully in, in 40 years, why electing a Barack Obama was a big deal for our country when right. you know, hopefully by the time it comes, it's just you're used to
2: seeing that kind of process, and and it's not the same, obviously. But I, oh shit. Well, time has a way of putting things into perspective that you don't have at at the time that things exist or first exist. So. I just
0: compared effective three D camera use to electing a black I was about president. to call you out, <laughs> so I'm glad you just
2: called yourself out. But um, I mean your your point still stands. Yeah.
0: I stand by it because I think I think that I think to understand the impact of something you have to have the context. Yeah. and I think that that's the perspective the perspect- the
2: you have to have perspective, and that happens over time. So,
0: so what are other that's okay. Other games that like
2: it didn't you know you Goldeneye for
0: Dan? I um, think Goldeneye would be the same uh, for me.
2: because uh, I have such amazing memories, and at this point, having tried to revisit it, I think once or twice, maybe a year ago. I, I almost want to just keep them as memories because I think if I tried to play the game anymore now, it would just sour me. Whoa. It was so bad. I forgot that the crosshairs are independent of the camera. Yep. Mm. So when I would go back and
1: see videos, the crosshair is just moving across the screen. And then, oh, yeah. it's, it's, I well, I there's those. only
2: one, remember with the N64, yeah, there's only one analog stick. And so we're so used to, I mean, this is where when you go back and you realize how groundbreaking the original Halo was on the Xbox, um, it completely changed how we play every single first person shooter and almost every control even beyond first person shooters it's it's incredible to think how the first person genre arguably was founded on things uh, aside from PC obviously you have things you like know, Quake, Quake and, and Unreal World. right um, but on consoles Goldeneye was really the first first person shooter to have that huge mass appeal and the controls were just completely the, the innovation that was Halo Combat Evolved totally changed that entire dynamic which i think is incredible and wow. i think
0: you could see a similar transition happen with call of duty uh not as dramatic as what halo did for controls but i think that if you look at where first person years are now and what Halo's doing and what what bungie's devs are doing they're they're actually responding to i think yeah. moves made by other developers oh absolutely it's a lot of the xp
1: gain kind of stuff well, well, I, just, I just mean it's the general
0: the general like verb loop of, of so. aiming
2: down the sites the oh. sensitivity yeah. right. versus... Uh... Well, the funny thing is I, I distinctly remember... So my friend Eric was one of my... He still is one of my best friends. He was the best man at my wedding. Um, always been a really great gaming companion. He He's a programmer at Google now. Um, but I remember when, when we were in high school and the Xbox came out and he was like, I got to have this new system. Well, we were used to at that point playing a lot of N64. We played a lot of Goldeneye. And when he... First, got the Xbox and we started playing Halo. I remember thinking to myself, "Holy crap, these controls do not make sense to me. I do not like them um, because they were so distinctly different." Now, obviously, now I mean we can't think of possibly playing these games without two analog sticks. But it was it was incredible to me now having this conversation. What 15 years later, uh, 16 years later, thinking about how drastic of an impact that was that. Yet it was it, it still at the time felt like, man, I wish I had my golden eye controls because they were so much more comfortable for me. But
3: how did you like only having two weapons? <laughs> in the original... the original Halo Halo? I that. Halo? Yeah, Wait, I mean, is that. still a thing? I mean, no, yes. it still is, but like going, going from it used to be you could pull the ak or a machine sure, sure. gun, like every other first-person shooter at the time, you would have an arsenal. It and didn't really that's bother right. me right. in
2: okay. Halo. I will say, you know, a more recent example of where I had issues being limited on my weapons was Bioshock Infinite. It was one of the mm. biggest things that bothered me about Bioshock Infinite. Going from Bioshock and Bioshock Two, where you collected a the whole games, wheel. kind of in that progressive, you're you know you're getting farther in the game because you're discovering better weapons.
1: Um, but then, what is like? I, I mean, there's just that ludu narrative dissonance. Is like, what does Booker Dewitt look like? Does he look like the Expendables logo? Or
3: is he oh, just uh, yeah. I He's also because he's everywhere, been, he's been eating cakes The entire time. I think yeah, for me, it was more thinking. about the
2: gameplay mechanic than the the realism of it. Just the two things. I I love Bioshock Infinite. It was a fantastic game. Um, I probably wouldn't change it. But the two things I did notice compared to the other Bioshocks that I I had frustrations with were they took the map away and you could only carry two weapons at a time now they did compensate for the having only having two weapons at a time that if you then picked up a weapon later on you still had that same amount of ammo and all that kind of stuff so I did appreciate that but uh it it, the two things worked in tandem where if I didn't have a map so I couldn't tell where I was where I left a certain weapon and I and then I got to an area where I'm like man I wish I still had this weapon mm. i couldn't figure out as easily how to get back to get the weapon i wanted and all that kind of stuff um, so
0: the um, the <laughs> what about what about you Alex what's a game that you went back to that i've been trying to think of them but
3: the the games that immediately come to mind are the ones that i've i've played recently and still remember like mm-hmm. i um i have a big collection of games in my apartment but they're the ones that i i've wanted to keep for repeated playthroughs and not sell and then the ones that I didn't think would be you know, redeeming experiences down the road, I've gotten rid of. Um, one of the the earliest games that I was obsessed with for PlayStation Two was this relatively obscure Gundam game. Um, middle school and high school, I was huge into the Gundam franchise. Oh As god! I. Oh god! Yeah, I, I was obsessed with it, and, out. and there was I can't remember the name of the title, but it had um, the original Gundam unit on the cover. And you could go th- through this whole game and unlock it was like, like Gundam
0: Wing era Gundam when it was fucking sweet.
3: Gundam Wing was great, um, but this was the like the original Mobile Suit Gundam on the cover, and you could go through this game and
0: oh, that's right because it was Mobile Suit Gundam, and then it was Gundam yeah. Wing. Okay, yep,
3: yeah. and play any variety the of Gundam missions SD. from from the entire franchise and lock every character and all that stuff. And I remember, God, I I, I somehow played it again like a decade later. Mm-hmm. and it was it was like the most garbage experience it was, it was such a letdown because well, the,
0: well, yeah I mean I mean that's all I got like the what well, I, think, <laughs> that's I all think I got garbage yeah I ah. think um like I like I was trying to get too early is that I think a lot of games that we we grew up in an era where 3d games went from being very new to very well-tread territory and mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see the same thing with VR um, Depending on how much that sticks in, I think you're going to see a lot of experiences that we're going to be blown away by. Now yep. that in 20 years, when to come back to play, and it's going to make us throw up. Absolutely, yeah. Because we're more we're more willing T- to engage, and I think that there's going to be a lot of solutions that you know no one knows how movement works. You know, what I mean, I think yep. I, I'm interested to see this this similarity.
1: Well, I think the reason for that primarily is, <laughs> I think the reason for that primarily is, um, like you make the transition from 2D to 3D. Well, that's a whole different skill set. Like, oh yeah. Like. That's a bunch of 3D modelers, animators, things like that. Like but Physics has completely changed. Yeah, and sprite animators, you know, 2D traditional animators don't know how to do 3D. They don't know how to rig a skeleton or whatever. I mean, they can, but that's not... Those skill sets don't perfectly overlap. No. And it's the same thing with VR. VR is all about optics and mathematics. And, like, you're going to need a... You know, a guy has a PhD in mathematics to understand all these... Or physics to understand well, all of these... Well, and that's, you know... In neurology or something. And it, and something. it goes... <laughs> It extends beyond
2: game design into actual hardware as well Um, and the success of the hardware, which is inherently linked to the software. Um, And the best example I can think of is the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation 1. Um, The PlayStation 1 was easier to develop 3D for and it was, you know, Sega was coming from the Genesis and they really didn't get the transition down from 2D to 3D and the Saturn really tanked Sega in a big way. So that when they came out with a console that was good, which was the Dreamcast, it was too late because right. PlayStation and then the oncoming PlayStation 2, which came out a few years after the Dreamcast, had already solidified how they were easier to develop for, particularly for 3D, which at that point was the future of gaming, blah, blah, blah. And and really, that's why I think we saw the Dreamcast fail and Sega no longer makes hardware. Yeah, so... Well,
0: I think also there's a lot of base debt decisions that Sega was making at the time that I think... If well, we, and we talked the about the motion before, engine is like infamous if, for being really hard to develop for, which is the PS2's 3D chip. The, the PS2 was harder to
2: develop for. Are oh, you saying the is PlayStation? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, the He's, PlayStation One was easier to develop 3D for. Than the Saturn. Than yeah. the Saturn. And then when when Sega learned that lesson, it was too late. Mm. Yeah. And so Sega, Sega tried to take these two D principles that they had with the Genesis. But
0: if what you're saying was true, then the Xbox would have the first Xbox would have destroyed because the, developing the first Xbox was developing on DirectX. It was easier than the PS4. But PlayStation
2: had already solidified their that's brand of that. Okay. Yeah. It's also market share. Um, the, yeah. and but the
0: reason I think it also did crazy stuff where they just launched the Saturn like overnight on the day yeah, yeah like, there, was, the there Saturn, was things that happened and the I, I think was a right. huge mess um, I think dev tools are super important which is why you see the, oh absolutely the, yeah. the widespread use of like unity that's um, and and one of the
2: reasons I think that that Nintendo has had some issues over the years and we've talked in the past about the third-party issues with Nintendo but unity's
0: coming to 3ds new 3ds but they just made a it, uh, it worked out already
1: can we press our own chips
0: well, you could release. I mean, you could push uh, the game oh, in the weekend to the, <laughs> the EaseJob if you wanted to. But no, anything would work on 2 ds
1: we, we need a dev for uh, we need a develop for <laughs> TVOS. Oh <Sure>. god, <laughs> build sure. to TVOS.
0: Sure, big well, old buttons. Um, you guys old... Have anything that you're nostalgic about, Dylan? Um, besides uh, you know, we're still talking about games, right? That's uh, it's funny <laughs> when you hear like Dylan's nostalgia in general. <laughs> you
1: talked about um. I didn't have a joke for that, I'm sorry. I couldn't think fast <laughs> enough. Um,
0: Thank you for being honest.
1: I think, didn't you, I don't know if you brought it up on our recording, but you brought up like Lego Island before and how we went, you went back to it and didn't didn't play as well. And that made me nervous, because I have very good, I was like.
0: That's a game that I think is, is this very similar. Well, it's mm-hmm. like
1: the camera and the twisting aren't independent, they're interdependent. So like, there's only <laughs> one axis, like y-axis, you can't look up or down. So he just his entire body swivels when you move around. Oops, his entire body swivels. Well,
0: when you move by clicking, you don't move with the arrow keys.
1: Well, you move forward, but to turn, so it's like you're just rotating something in place and then clicking forward to move it. That's terrible. So Those ten controls.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um. It's, it's kind of like if, if Mist was on a grid, mm. and you moved by clicking. But uh,
2: I love Mist.
1: I've never played
0: Mist. Play
2: the Witness. Mist is a, Myst is the the a game That's that, that I have fondness for that I think has hold held up. Um. Mostly because it had a lot of pre-rendered stuff and the puzzles were good to begin with, but anyway. Did you ever hear?
1: We talked about the Miss Two, uninstall story, right? Did I tell you about that. Riven. No? Did I talk about that on the here.
2: Mm-mm. I've played Riven uh, before. Well,
1: it's not Riven. So, like, they made more Miss titles that were just numbered Miss. So it was Riven, like, Riven is Miss Two. No, I know, but like it was Miss I mean, Riven, and then Miss Three, it, and then they went back to number yeah. one. Maybe it was Miss Three. I don't know. There's one of the Miss sequels where. Um, If you uninstalled it, there was a bug in the uninstall uh, file where it would uninstall the game and then anything in the preceding directory. So if you installed it immediately after your um, OS or kernel, it would uninstall Windows.
0: Oh, you know what that. Wow. I've I've told you that at least.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, I remember installing games off of CD-ROMs I'm not gonna call them CDs because it was just it very much was like a specific like separate thing from CDs to me, and 50% of the time it like wouldn't work. You know, yeah. Whatever our family computer was, yep. it, there was a good chance it just couldn't handle even installing with thing. Yeah. yeah, Lego
1: Island 2 wouldn't work for me. I um, I got The Sims 2, Yeah. And I tried installing it on our laptop at the time it was like a Dell Inspiron, and I didn't have any understanding of graphics chips or anything. So it installed, it booted, and then when I would load into a house, it's just
0: PowerPoint. Yeah. yeah. Jerp, jerp, jerp. Uh, I had they, some similar experiences.
3: Um, Dylan is holding his arms stiff right now. I'm making sound it's, effects. Drip, 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 drip.
0: Yeah. I think uh, the one thing about Lego Island though is that Lego Island bleeds personality. Yeah. yeah I, I thought that still held up. Yeah. It's still funny. I mean, it's not. It's but, not going to play. Yeah. Well, the racing
1: minigame, like, is not going to be fun because it's
2: the same controls. But it so wasn't. It, was just, it wasn't fun. That's something Lego has really. The Lego games have. I don't want to say perfected, but they they get right nine times out of ten that they get the personality. Right, they all have a very distinct personality. Well, I, I think Lego Island was probably the beginnings of that Lego yeah. racing that era that really influenced Lego. The I think sales. I played Lego racing. Lego I racing is I really cool. Lego Island. I, think I played Lego
1: racing, and that's when they really like bought into. And that doesn't really exist. I mean, I guess it exists with like Ninjago or whatever. But like back then, like every um, every playset had its own character. So there's like Johnny Thunder for the adventure. there's King Leo for the castle set. Mm. And Cedric the Bull for the castle set. Um, well, they that's have all their,
0: They have their. I mean, they still have their Bionicle
2: line. And yeah, their, and they have the Ninjago thing. But and
0: what, what saved Lego was their licenses. that yeah. Made them
2: because mm-hmm. yeah, because that the era that you're referring to, Dylan, in terms of those releases, was actually those were some very bad strategic decisions for Lego as a business because they really overextended themselves and started to lose a lot of market share, and the company was not doing particularly well. Until they like 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 Mason said, they started working with the licensed uh, the licensing and all. Did that Did we all stuff. watch that
1: same Lego documentary on Netflix? I haven't I seen it. yet. I, I have not what, seen it. Okay, well, um, it goes into that a lot because they went into like it, clothing lines and stuff mm, and really yeah. overextended. Is it, it. is it worth watching?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. I don't, I'll it to like, check it out. I think like, I love Lego. It's like um, thirty
1: minutes, so I don't think it's very long.
0: But I, I can see Lego if they were to make a similar move now with the amount of clout and 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 uh, you know cash flow they have, it could be different. Where they could really because it makes sense for Lego to create their own franchises and to not share that pot and, and keep it to themselves. But I think when you and I were growing up, the franchises that Lego were pumping out and, and through, like, Lego Magazine, which I'm sure you were subscribed to.
1: Yeah, or I think I had the magazine and the catalog. Yeah. And I could well, never, I was, like, was, distinguish was, the two. But Lego Magazine is, mm-hmm.
0: like, free. Was oh, like okay. A, yeah, so I was... Anyways. um, But, yeah, Lego Island, I think, personality alone, I think that that goes a long way. And you see that with games... Um, games like uh data tentacle yeah all the old 2d adventure games look still stand stuff. up what you guys been playing the witness spit on the witness man all right witness just came out new title from jonathan blow
3: um i was just reading an article i'll sidestep for a second uh really upset me apparently it's being pirated like crazy uh I that. well
1: i was surprised to see the price point point. know it was forty dollars
3: it is um having played it it is definitely a forty dollar game um
0: but you, uh, he came out today also and said that the game sold more in the first week than it did in its first year. That's, oh my god, that's awesome! So it's, it's,
2: it's doing well. At a, yeah. okay. more, I think, but
1: it's, it's also it's it's different times and seven, different platforms. Seven-year development. So I mean, got I still
2: think piracy is frustrating, regardless of how much you sell. Okay. That's that's sad to hear. Yeah, um, look at this money pit. This money pit could be bigger. <laughs> well, well, I mean that that's a cynical way. I mean, hey, you know, no, right? I know, yeah, I yeah. know. Just at well, like the last. 36 hours for the four people in this room we know what goes into making a game no like, people need to get paid for the work I, d- I don't that. begrudge jonathan blow or his team no but i team. also
0: think that i think when you release a product to market like that i think jonathan blow knows going into it that the um piracy is a realistic thing and, and, and you've seen piracy go down year over year because there's been easier ways to access games yeah the people mm-hmm. who are going to pirate your games aren't in my mind, aren't sales you're gonna have. If if, mm. if if
1: Nintendo released like a PC subscription service, I'm I'm curious like how quickly the emulation scene would just die. That's interesting. Yeah. I bet I bet it would shrivel up pretty rapidly, except for like the people that are purposely like modding games for their yeah. own enjoyment or development practices.
3: Um, I've got a Nintendo question for you in a second, but I'll just real quick. Bye. Go through the the witness. Oh well yeah. Um but so the witness is you know, to to boil it down, it's, it's a cel shaded mist. Yeah, you know, it's a, a a an adventure game where you're a silent, faceless protagonist going across an island that's very mysterious, brightly colored, and beautiful and expansive. And everywhere you go, someone has set up these maze like puzzles, um, and you have to complete them to. Um, and this isn't a spoiler. This was in the promo promotional stuff. Um, one of the early goals of the game is to send these light beams to this tower in the middle of the map and I pulled up a Google image search for just the, the game world, and what I thought I had seen a lot of is huge. Yeah, you know, There's there's so much content to consume. And the puzzles themselves, um, you'd think this simple grid-like mechanic would get repetitive, but all of them take something totally different from the previous one to solve, whether it's a constraint within the grid itself or something in the environment. Um, solving the puzzles will what make you feel they'll make you feel smart um he's like whoa i can't believe i did that
1: yeah i heard it compared to like portal and other games like that where you sometimes you'll just bash your head against a puzzle and yeah. then like and i've only and like portal and portal 2 i mean like
0: you beat both those
1: yeah okay like the difficulty curve on it is pretty nice like it, yeah. it, it oh, follows yeah. a logical step one
0: in, especially i think portal does a really good job of getting you into the mechan- i think portal 2's assume some prior gameplay experience yeah mm-hmm. portal one is an execution of if you're gonna make a three hour game is how you ramp someone oh. through it um
3: the witness is pretty
0: damn frustrating at times so it ex- is fucking gorgeous though but you oh, played man. it no 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 no. Oh. I've, I've so seen the videos of out. it and so Alex I, sent
2: me a couple photos of it I have to say I know the visuals have been very lauded um looking at a video of it granted it was streaming so the resolution wouldn't be as high as if I were playing it um I was I was kind of lukewarm on the visuals. Um
0: cuz you have no heart. I haven't played it
2: yet, but uh something about it felt less than $40 worth of a game to me. It's not that Dan has no
1: heart, it's that Dan's heart is in 8 bits. So <laughs> well, So 16 bits at the maximum um, if I, overclocked. I, I think we've talked about this before how much I love that
3: low
2: poly vectorized bright right. color anything like that. So yeah. and, and I personally do not yep you know, so, it's i mean yeah. we talked about wind waker as as an example um where you know a lot of people talk about how it's held up and i agree that it's held up in terms of the the art style being consistent uh but i still don't like the yeah art style um, and that's
0: that's totally fair um i think that the witness will hold it up in 40 years better than anything that comes out this year though i would ag- i would agree, agree with, with that, that. statement I think um,
1: I think it's interesting. Jonathan Blow being such like a like I mean he's an engineer. He's a straight, lace Oh, he's engineer. a numbers man. He's not an art man. Yeah, but like both his games.
0: I are, hate the way braid looks though. Really, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not a huge braid. fan.
1: I mean, I I like painterly style. I mean, I like that. It was one single painter that painted that entire thing. Yeah, I, 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 I like. I think painting it for stuff. what it is, it's just it like just like, like that the low collar thing
0: doesn't fire off for Dan. That painterly style, doesn't. and I think the reason the painterly style doesn't fire off for me is because there's a lack of imprecision there with when you're playing the game, um, like the character moves, it's 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 a tight move, have you played it recently?
1: No, nah, maybe like a year or two back.
0: So, that that style gives this kind of um, flowy uh, soft feel and I oh. think the controls, oh. either it's like a psychosomatic thing where like I am assuming the controls are soft now and not and like I want the super meat boy level precision with everything I play. Right. Um.
3: Um, I will say the character in the witness controls differently than I expected. It's, it's like you are like walking through this area. There is a, a sprint button. So he rotates, and then you click to move forward. Thank God there is no tank movement, and there is no um, island guy from Lego Island. Um, oh,
0: he's the best. Th-
1: that's the other thing, though. There's no one else on
3: this is island. Is there
0: someone in a prison that you can give a pizza? No. And, and then, then it makes
1: his breath really hot, and he melts the bars, yeah. he escapes. He gets in a helicopter, he steals the brick, the power brick, and then he to- turns that's things. The, that's the one. Um... <laughs> Shut up, Dylan. (laughs) I I remember a lot of plot from LEGO Island 1 and 2. I'm impressed, though. I
3: forgot all that. I uh, thought that was the plot. Anyway,
1: so (laughs) so, um,
3: Jonathan Blow has said that there is a definitive plot to this game. And early on, you can start to see kernels of it. But it's a little unnerving being the only person on this island to Mm -hmm. the point where I actually Googled is is this just a ploy and is there a monster on this island? Because that's what it feels
1: like. Have you ever played uh Miasmata or um I've heard is really cool. I have it. I, tr- I I didn't play much of it. It's there's Miasmata no. and Deer Esther. Have you tried have you played Deer Esther? I've heard of Deer Esther. Right. Deer yeah. Esther takes place on an island too. Uh Miasmata takes place on a big landmass. You don't really know where the edge is. is that
3: like play off the word
1: Miasma? Yeah. Okay. Because basically you have this disease in Miasmata and you don't um and so there's a big, like, uh, chemistry component where you have to, like, cut uh, herbs and then synthesize them into chemicals and drink it. And there's a huge... Um, map. A, there's a surveying mechanic where you have to... The only So you have a map, but the map's blank, and the only way you fill things in is you go to landmarks and you cite other man landmarks relative to your position. That's cool. So you look out into the distance, and there's, like, this rock structure that looks like this, and you see another rock structure. And those little parts are filled in automatically because you'll find, like, map fragments. Yeah. But everything else, you need to use the lay of the land Very to cool. fill out the map. But then, Dear Esther takes place on an island, and it's about a guy who visits, who comes to this island because of some tragedy that happened in his life, and he writes these letters to Esther, and he narrates the letters as you travel through the island. Is Dear Esther the game that you love, or is it Thomas was alone? I I own Thomas. I just Gone bought home. that, but I haven't played that. It's Gone Home and
0: Dear Esther. Dear, but I know you like. But wait, Dear Esther is the one that like you've you've told me a million times. Yeah, about.
1: but so in Dear Esther, um. You're the only person on the island, except sometimes they mess with the your vision, so you'll see like a silhouette of a human in the distance, and then you'll run over there and there's no one there. That's fucked. Yeah.
2: Mm,
0: that sounds good. Oh, someone else. One other game did that. Where it would play on, um, you would pan the camera one way, and a character would be there, and then you look back and they're gone. Five Nights at Phrase. Yeah. Five Nights at Phrase. What was that... Um, there was a horror game
3: that came out during the PS2 era. Five nights at first. What? No. You were a prisoner in, like, an insane asylum or, or an actual prison. And I think it was an actual, like, like full-on um, prison prison. And Is it a shooter? I've played this game. Kind of a shooter. Was, Do you take photographs? Um. No, it's not. It's not, it's not it's Fatal Frame. No. Okay. No, it was not Fatal Frame. Okay. Um, although not without, I'll never play that game. Um. But I, I remember, I can't remember what it was. Doesn't matter. But I remember watching the trailer, and there's a point where the character goes over to this security feed, and you look at the security feed, and all of a sudden there's something behind you slowly walking toward you.
0: Dude, and it's I, the suffering.
3: The suffering. There you go. The game is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh yeah, I never said it was a good game. Um. So going back to nostalgia.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that happens in talking about Bioshock Infinite. That happens in Bioshock Infinite. Dude, That's what it Oh uh, remember, it, remember yeah. that level That's when you go like, up the to the scare, big, the big and, console and you turn around? And there's the Silent boy or whatever they're uh, called. Uh, you. I was yes. I was at home for the summer playing that. I was mm. playing it on my iMac and
2: I was upstairs and my parents had people over. Oh. and I screamed. Oh, <laughs> Bioshock yeah. did a it, great Bowser Infinite really did a great job of of interweaving the that idea awesome. of string theory into the game. Um that obviously you don't realize until the end kind of the ramifications, but spoilers, Dan. Well I didn't say what the ramifications were. Ran- uh, the ramifications
1: um, are there are a lot of plot holes in that game. <laughs>
2: Fair. There are, right. but any 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 time, time travel, string theory thing, you're gonna have plot holes. Do you right. like
0: Looper? No,
3: I like Looper. I loved Looper. I like Looper. He, he is directing next Star Wars. Ryan Johnson. There is so he has been on. He's gone on record saying that he's he's introducing something to the Star Wars universe that hasn't done, been done before. And time every, travel. Keeps, Jar Jar everyone. Everyone. It's, it's, it's not. It's not gonna be. Time everyone time keeps time speculating time travel. Darth Jar Jar. Flashbacks. Um,
0: the, well, Dan, you're getting to a point. Uh, did, did you? Did you with the the bioshock thing well just For that theory. they they Sorry. did
2: a really nice job of that in introducing unexpected visuals that made you question your sense of place which i think was kind of a little really off of what you were and talking about and i really about. like
0: all the the music we've talked about that before the music and it, it doing the cool stuff with the songs being played oh yeah it's so cool yeah, oh, yeah. Like god only knows and the, um is it god
2: only knows There was like a pat benatar song or
0: oh and what's the one tainted love Tainted love.
2: yeah and then oh, you
1: man. go and you go downstairs and doesn't he play um the circle what's that the circle won't be broken what's that what's that him oh no, no. oh the circle oh, yeah, bye yeah, and yeah. by lord by, by
2: i will say with bioshock infinite because of a lot of those little things it left me wanting more in a good way you know it was i got done with the game and immediately would have played for twice as long did you ever um, play the dlc the- uh yeah yeah. I heard it's really good. Burial at sea. I, I loved it because I thought it you know, one of my qualms with Bioshock was with Infinite at first was that it was such a departure from the first two. And then the way that they tied it in with Burial at Sea I thought was fantastic. I haven't played it so
0: and I do plan on playing it eventually. The um I still think that as a A, a to B narrative, uh Bioshock, the first original Bioshock is my favorite.
2: Oh, yeah. it's fantastic! It's one of my all-time favorite. And when fans. you finally
0: meet Andrew Ryan and that whole sequence goes down, is God, like, it's great. that was like a late. formative moment for like, this is what you can do with games. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's I awesome. came to that game way late. Um, I played it like four years. Was it, it overhyped for you or? Well, I knew what was going to happen. Like oh, I, I had already read about yeah. it. So uh,
1: that's
0: wonder- the kind of thing where like I do I do kind of hate our spoiler culture where you can't talk about anything. But that experience of not knowing that there, was coming was like—I'm a flock.
2: huge proponent of keeping secrets secrets mm-hmm. because storytellers do things for a reason, yep. and if yeah. you if you take that, you take the power away from the storyteller. Um, yeah, but stories have been around for as
0: long as humanity has, but the spoiler culture has been a recent phenomenon. Right, right. That, that's what I'm.
1: You can twist it enough so
3: that
0: well, there I mean, can be
2: surprises. That's yeah. because yeah. access to information is a recent phenomenon.
1: Um.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. I was reading an interview with the guy who plays the Punisher in the upcoming da- season of Daredevil, and he said that... Yeah, I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I, I've known this for a while, but Marvel intentionally does not tell a lot of its actors anything. Like it, It'll wait until the very last minute until it has to tell them stuff, and even then it will keep them totally Well, in the none dark of the Star Wars actors know the next two plot lines for the movies. Nope. Um, John Boyega has read the script. He's the only one who said he's
0: read the script. Well, well it was Adam, Game of Thrones. Adam Darth or what's his name? Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. Adam, Driver. Adam <laughs> Darth. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my last yeah, name in, in tribute to my grandfather. Uh, oh, spoiler. Oh, um. He, he said he doesn't know. <laughs> so,
2: like with Game of Thrones, they they would Whatever. actually give fake scripts to certain cast members to keep them from knowing what happens to other cast members. <laughs> and everyone I mean, was... gave Jon Snow a daisy <laughs> on the wall. Oh, wow. Kid, Kid Harrington is still playing
3: it up. That He's not coming back.
0: I cannot He's... describe to you how upsetting that whole show is to me. <laughs> I still love it. What, right. are you, what have you been playing? So, Alex, so the what witness. Have been well, hold on. Let me hear, Alex. Witness. Witness. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs witness. Up. Thumbs up. Okay. I'll, I'll
3: let you know it in a few weeks I'm gonna pick it up me over I think I yeah, if play. Get angry about it
0: well and I think that it's the kind of game that I want to play alongside with someone yeah you know like I think it's the kind of game that's fun to talk about have you been here yet well the I, way I, it follows fun to talk that way I want yeah.
3: you to start playing it so I can ask you for help because I had to break my internet rule and get like a bit of a hint for a, a puzzle section I, I want to yeah I know you already shamed me before um, I want to play the whole game without
1: using the internet for
3: help. Wait,
0: dude, did I look up fucking solutions all the time? You, uh, yeah, the you reason can play I the brought game up,
1: however you want. The reason I
0: brought portal is cause I was gonna say, you know. Oh, there, I never looked up solutions for portal. I, though. Like twice, I think. I don't think I did. In the There were times portal, though where too. I was convinced the game was broken, which is like <laughs> a sign that like, hey Mason, you might have some problems where like the game's broken, not me. Come on well, now. Well <laughs> so when you go
1: back to the facility when Wheatley's in charge. There are points where I was like standing on top of walls, like pointing at like certain angles. So I was like, "All right, this is how you do it, right?" Yeah, so so you are like, gonna
0: shoot Wheatley execution style with a shotgun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, um, so I've got a lot of time—not a lot of time—the last week, but the week prior, um, since the last podcast. Uh, let's see. Played the first two episodes of Border, Tales from the Borderlands. Um played yeah. that too. Played through the Resident Evil HD remaster that was released. So I had never played Resident Evil Zero, so that was a chance for me to play that. Uh, so play through all that. You're like a Resident Evil diabetic. Like, uh, you don't get your weekly doses. Well, the reason <laughs> the reason I've been talking about Resident Evil so much recently is because I was excited for the HD remaster of Zero to come out. Um, uh, so since that came out, that I downloaded that, played Oh, that. yeah, you wanted to talk about... Yeah, I am less pro save ribbons in Resident Evil Zero than I am in, in the original. Um, but we can get to that. Uh, so after the recommendation from Dylan in the last podcast for me to play Rogue Legacy, okay. um, oh, that's I, right. I, right. I, what did I do? I <laughs> can say that Dylan created a monster. Uh, I would probably be less addicted to crack cocaine. Uh, <laughs> well, one way to test that theory. <laughs> uh, it. It is a phenomenal game um, that is incredibly addictive and uh, really just a lot of fun. And I love everything about it. And it just feels good. The controls are great. The mechanics are great. The music's great. The character, the, the it has a, the the game has its own voice. It's got a great character to it. Um, and just fantastic game. So, have, you, have you hit the dummy outside? Oh yeah, the dummy I is great. He's yeah. like, oh god, stop hitting me, please. Yeah, please. Um, it's fantastic. So. I've, I've managed to beat three of the four bosses. Um, so I've done the castle, the forest and the Maya. I still need to do the darkness. Um, but I think I'm at like hundred level 130 or something like that. I've um, only ever beaten one boss. Yeah, so that shows you how addicted I am because it takes a while to get to the point where you can beat even the first boss. And I have got never... really close to beating that game and then in my traditional style did not beat the game. <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see, played a lot of Guacamelee on Monday with Alex, and that was oh, yeah. tons of fun. Really loved that. You're um, in a big... Uh, it's,
0: Sp- it's Castlevania... It's, ta- ta- very it's like Taco
2: Spanish Vector Art Metroid. Yeah, yeah I like, it's I fantastic. like Guacamelee. Um, I love Guacamelee. I so, play it with uh, my old roommate, And Who's really that? one of the best couch co-op so, games I that? think I've played in a, a very long time. Really great couch co-op. Mm-hmm. Um... I played a demo for a game that was so forgettable I can't even think of the name of it right now. All right, good talk. Uh so I'm not even gonna get on that and uh <laughs> never get those seconds back. <laughs> oh, and I downloaded XCOM so I could play that for the first time. Hey. <laughs> the XCOM, the the, the, the two thousand Your Requirement. Oh, the original one? Well not the original the one. Reboot one. The, yeah, no. the, the, yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> the X the not the one that was on consoles. Um, for Axis, I XCOM. On, I have it on my, 3D my laptop. XCOM. Right. Um Your
0: Requirement. Did you play XCOM?
2: Yeah, I played through the tutorial and I think I did like the first mission. I haven't really—I haven't had time to get love it? into it's it. It's the best game you've ever played. It's no. the best game you've ever played. No, it's, it's the, not. It's not it is passion. not. It's I, the, it's I, I had a that. feeling I wasn't going to care for it. I like it enough to, <sighs> to be happy that I have it. Um, uh, I need to give it more time. Um, and then also uh, downloaded and played Tharsis. Uh, Dan's big on Tharsis. Really Tharsis. enjoyed Tharsis. So big on Tharsis it's, that he recreated Tharsis as a jewelry thief well, game. It's, it's kind of, sort of like FTL, with only dice. easier. You can actually win the game. That I there's no there's no cannibalism. <laughs> um, <in. laughs> it's it's like well, I can show you Dylan later today uh, when I have my computer with me. Show me your Tharsis is easy show to me Tharsis, learn, uh, but it's almost impossible to beat. But it's I I like it. Um, I I really I
0: liked it a lot more. Seeing it was fun. Yeah, it's kind of game kind of fun to watch because the loops are all like 15-20 minutes. Yeah. And the stakes are so grave that it's kind of fun to see. I just, they reveal, so it's a dice game, okay? It's a dice game where you're managing a spaceship. And they make the dice mechanics so apparent, which is yes. interesting. But I also, it does detach me from what it actually is. It's
2: a, I mean, it is a board game, video game. It is not, I can't describe it as anything else. Um, it's a solitaire. Yes. But there are, I mean, there are decisions that you have to make. There is so much that relies on luck, which is why a lot of people who don't like it are approaching it as video game. This is a bad video game. Um, video game Yahtzee. Well, it's, it hey, I've got video game Boggle. I've got video game Risk. Um, I, you know, I like board games. If you Wait, like, why, board why games, do you
0: have video game Boggle?
2: Uh, why don't you have video no, game? No, no. He, which he one's asked Boggle? You first. I um. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. I Which forget. one's Boggle? That, that should give you enough, right? There. <laughs> so Boggle is the one where you shake up the box where the main mechanic with... is physically
0: shaking the thing. So so it's um, not sorry,
2: it doesn't have the pop- no. Boggle, Boggle's the one where it's got all, all the cubes with the letters on it. I'm just giving you. Shit. And you have to you have a certain amount of time to find words. So it's kind of like a crossword. Uh, thing it's which smaller, I love crosswords. random words it's an, it's an infinite word search yeah
0: it's yeah, pretty okay. fun That's but a it's, cool, cool idea it's cool. but what, cool. it was on sale for like four bucks but I'm, the, the I'm ra- not judging you i mean i am because you like <laughs> digital boggle more than XCOM like, know but whatever but thinking about the <laughs> i didn't random, say i like it more than cop the thinking about the random you number generator
1: that. and like the physical version of boggle like aren't there possibilities that you just don't get any words there's just jumbles of letters
0: well, dude, that's just life, man.
1: You
3: got to <laughs> no, <it>. <laughs> take what you get. I mean, I'm sure there are uh, always words. Because you, you, you can connect
2: up, down, left, right, and diagonally. Um, what I like about the digital version is you can play in a mode where it shows you a list of all the words that are there. Um, and so Training it becomes an actual like timed word find. And I don't know, there's multipliers and things like that. It's a neat game. Okay. So
0: I want to hear, um, hear your thoughts on on the the
2: save ribbon thing, and I wanna I wanna know what, what okay. happened there. So that's a very mechanics heavy thing. It is, and it's save, it's save ribbon and items management. Um, so the thing to remember with Resident Evil Zero, even though it chronologically is the first game in the Resident Evil series, uh, it is the fourth game, fifth game ever made. Um, it was it was ever made. Fifth game ever made? No, the fifth. It was the fifth Resident Evil game, not counting like light gun, game, gun games. Dan had a very sheltered childhood. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> only ever five games. Apparently, they passionate Evil. Resident Evil lights. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, so yeah, the original Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three, Code Veronica, and then Resident Evil Zero. So it was originally re- released on the GameCube, mm-hmm. and it was the final Resident Evil game to have the classic Resident Evil feel of uh, fixed perspective, pre-rendered backgrounds. All that kind of stuff.
0: You're forgetting outbreak, but oh, it. Wow.
2: Resident Evil outbreak mm-hmm. was that a light game? The
0: online PS2. Oh, game. the online, yeah, yeah, huh.
2: yeah. So, Is it so outbreak, I think. Core it's series. It's it's the fifth one in the core series. We'll put I'm, it that way. Resident I'm Evil. With, um, I'm being I'm being rude because Resident oh. Evil has all these weird, obscure like side sheets. Resident, um, Resident like Evil: Dynasty The Division. Warrior, Resident Evil. What's that? Dynasty Warrior. Resident Evil. No, <laughs> I'm just making that up. Um, so here's my thought on it. So. In to in order to explain the difference, I think I just need to clarify that in the original Resident Evil, um, which we talked about, I think the two weeks ago or three weeks ago, uh, we've talked about Resident Evil in depth for like the past. I, know, I know we have. Um, that's why I was hesitant to bring it up. But it, no, no, it, it does change. Go, so it's 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 interesting to me to learn the evolution of game mechanics and why things work and don't. Well, um, tell me what in Resident works? Evil. So that's, I, I I'm trying to. Um, in the original now. Resident Evil, you have loot boxes, and the loot boxes carry over from what you put in them from one loot box to the other. So as you progress chronologically through the game, uh, you get to a loot box and you can be like, oh, I stored all of my crap here, so there's always an easy-to-go-to place that you have all of your stuff. So even though you only have, uh, in the case of Jill, eight slots, in the case of Chris, six slots to store items on you, you have access to your stuff fairly readily. Resident Evil Zero changes this dynamic. Because they allow you to drop items, which the original Resident Evil does not allow you to do. Um, so so now you can drop items, which you would think might be a good thing, except that they only give you six item slots on your person, first off. Secondly, this game is much more puzzle-intensive than the original Resident Evil, which I actually like the puzzle. The puzzles in Resident Evil 0 were really great. Um, but you there are a lot more items mm-hmm. that you need. Uh, certain guns, certain weapons, actually take up two item slots instead of one. That's like the
0: cash system from Resident Evil 4.
2: Yeah, so in Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil, for example, the shotgun takes up one slot. In Resident Evil 0, it takes up two slots, and you only have six. So if you have a shotgun with ammo, your handgun with ammo, you have one slot left that you can have an herb, and you don't have any spots for... Because the shotgun is two, shotgun ammo is three. Handgun is four. Handgun ammo five. Herb six. You don't have any slots for all the puzzle stuff. Do herbs stack? Uh, you can combine herbs, but they don't really stack no. Um, you can combine them, all. which is which is a good thing in the original because it's part of that. You know, you only have a limited number of health, whatever. Okay, so, so that's survival that survival mechanic.
1: So can I bring up a scenario too? So what if you have to, um. What if you find an herb on the ground? So you, all your slots are filled. You have one herb. You find an herb on the ground that you want to combine. Do you have to drop your handgun or your ammo, pick up the herb, combine the herb, then pick up the ammo again? So it allows
2: you to do combinations without doing that. Is okay. the dropping destructive? But No, the dropping is not destructive. But that's here's, herein lies the problem that I have, is that the loot boxes in the original, you have maybe five clear places that you know you need to go. So as you're learning your way around the map and you're learning where the puzzles are and you're learning where you need to go to and go back to and forth and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's only a couple places you can go to get your stuff. So it's, it becomes a very, here's my hub. Let me go to this place and come back and this place and come back in resident evil zero, because you don't have that hub and you don't know what items you will need when Mm -hmm. you drop them in random rooms. And then you're like, well, they, they do make it so you can fairly easily find where you left things but it's like crap I need to backtrack entirely way far back to this area that I left this thing because I didn't know you know I they didn't uh, Resident Evil the original one does a really good job of kind of letting you know when you're about to come onto a boss and so you're like man I should make sure I have my rocket launcher with me uh, Resident Evil Zero does not do that and so I literally played through the entire game without firing my rocket launcher once I collected the rocket launcher all, a mm-hmm. whole bunch of shells all that kind of stuff but never really knew when I needed to have it, and since it took up two slots, and the three different ammo types would have taken up three slots there, um, I just never used it. And uh, you always need your rocket launcher. Oh yeah. So, um, so because of that, kind of going back and forth, and and I felt like I was backtracking a lot, which I did not appreciate. Um, and I really would have appreciated the item boxes. I would have appreciated uh, not having to spend two slots on big guns, and I would have appreciated maybe eight item slots instead of six. Um, because there were so many puzzles. Now, how that relates to save ribbons, they gave you so many save ribbons that it took away from any kind of survival mechanic and just made it an extra step that was completely pointless. So every single typewriter, they're giving you four or five save ribbons. Mm -hmm. And since you can leave items anywhere, basically what would happen anytime I wanted to save was I would run to this typewriter, drop something in my inventory to pick up the save ribbon to save, drop the save ribbon, and pick up the item. Now that sounds very similar to what you do in Resident Evil but because in the original Resident Evil the, the typewriters are almost always next to item boxes and you're kind of, you're planning your strategy when you set yourself up so you're like okay I'm going to save and now I'm going to go to the next portion of the game so let me go to my item box, get the items I know I'm going to need, all that kind of stuff. It's part of the natural flow in the origin, original Resident Evil to use the save ribbons and and the, and there's also scarcity as we talked about. Resident Evil Zero, it's not part of the flow, it's just a completely arbitrary mechanism. And it, because they give you so many, there, there are no stakes, so it doesn't feel survival horror because of the save ribbons. And so it does feel like a complete arbitrary mechanism, which at that point, because it was GameCube, I think the game came out originally in 2003, um, it didn't even have to be there. And so I think all of your points about why save ribbons don't work really apply to Resident Evil Zero, mm-hmm. and they should not have been there. Uh, I still am in favor of them in the original Resident Evil. Because oh. I think they add to the game experience in the original Resident Evil. I think they detract from the game experience in Resident Evil Zero. So those are all the bad parts of Resident Evil Zero. I will say I enjoyed the game because the puzzles were phenomenal. There were some really great puzzles um, that required some some awesome thinking. The art direction was really fantastic. The HD remaster looks fantastic. Um, there were some cool bosses. Uh... Although there were some really reused assets from, I think, the original Resident Evil that kept it from being great, innovative bosses. Um, it had the right level of kind of campiness that I expect from a Resident Evil game. Uh, so overall, I would say that I enjoyed it. I'm I'm probably going to play through it again. Uh, but there were a lot more mistakes made in the designing of that game, where the mechanics and the dynamics of that game should have been thought out differently than how they did it so
0: the uh so Resident Evil 0 the game for the office manager and all of us basically <laughs> um are you sure you're not just realizing that the mechanics in Resident Evil are just
2: awful no all mechanics I'm across kidding. all Resident Evil I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, no no
0: I think I think you made a no I think
2: I think I I think it's a very valid like I think uh I'm joking it's a joke yeah
0: the um um and one thing I was going I was going to bring up with that that I thought about this past week is that the, I think, because I've been thinking about nostalgia a lot, because of last night, and the, the mechanics that you hold near and dear, would you consider them good mechanics, or mechanics that, because I don't know. Yeah, so I,
2: back to, I think what were we were well, talking let me, about.
0: Let me, let me make this point, because I want to hear okay. your guys' input too. Um, I, is a mechanic, if people play it and don't like it, is it a bad mechanic? No. If the majority of people don't like it. I think you can make that generalization. Huh? I don't think you can make that. Well, I mean, I, but I would say I'm saying, I'm saying that the Resident Evil game designers at one point oh, decided, decided one. that they didn't want to do it anymore. And I'm not I'm not making a case against. Yeah. I'm saying it, when you like a mechanic, I I I'm not going to tell you what you think is a good. But is it if we made a game and we had a mechanic similar to that and we got playtesting back that said people don't like it, is it a bad mechanic?
2: I think that inherently we have to ask ourselves, from an objective standpoint, how the mechanic always has to serve the game. Period. And I think this is a perfect example of why a mechanic that works in one game doesn't necessarily... It may be good in one game and bad in the other, because for me, the mechanics of item management and save ribbons in Resident, the original Resident Evil, specifically the remastered Resident Evil, serve a purpose in the game to make tension, tension mm-hmm. and scarcity and all of that that applies very differently with how they tweak the mechanics in Resident Evil 0 that it becomes it became a bad mechanic in Resident Evil 0 but that doesn't mean it's a bad mechanic in in the original Resident Evil. Now, to your question of if most people don't like it does that make it a bad mechanic? Um and this
0: is and you can divorce yourself from Resident so Evil. This, I no, I am, devor- like am divorcing myself yeah, yeah. from Resident Evil. This this gets We're filling up the papers.
2: Um so there's a philosopher uh they get the house known as Ro- <laughs> there's no uh Roland Barthes. Get the dogs and Roland, Roland Barth uh, wrote most of his stuff in the 60s, kind of in the middle of modernism and the modernist movement, um, not just modernism in art, but modernism in, in writing, modernism uh, in architecture, all of that. But he focused a lot on photography, and Bart wrote an essay called The Death of the Author. Uh, th- in this case, it's not about photography. But his basic argument was that from the moment a written work is published... Mm-hmm. and is sent to the masses, they lose any claim to ownership, any claim to connection to that piece.
0: Well, it's the same thing with the People vs. George Lucas documentary. It it's is.
2: Enough. it is essentially... Any intentions you had when you wrote it
0: mm-hmm.
2: are not what is actually being read by the person reading it. Now, right. I personally disagree with, with Bart's sentiments in that context. Um, but it is an interesting way to think about video games where we say you know, these video games are being made by people that are considering themselves artists and in, in whether you are a, a programmer or a visual artist or whatever, these are, these are artists who are putting a lot of passion into their game. And there are certain people who are going to walk away from it saying, this is my game. And if you don't like it, you can go fuck yourself.
0: Which you see with a game like that Dragon Cancer.
2: Right. And there are, right. And that, and it's like, you know what, if I don't like that game, is it really, does it, does it really matter in terms of, That game was made for those people making that game. They happened to release it, but I think that, I mean, I know for me personally as a photographer, you know I think Alex mentioned to me the other day he hadn't seen a lot of my photographs. I don't really release a lot of my photographs because I make my photographs for me. I don't make my photographs for other people. And it is the same way with certain games. And then there are other games where it's like, I am making this to make money or to put something in the zeitgeist that I want everybody to play. Purely for the sake of, I want other people to experience this, if that's the case, if that's your goal, then I would agree with your statement that if if a bunch of people, if you want to release something for other people to play, and that's your primary goal, and you put a bad mechanic in that game... Mm-hmm. You have failed,
0: or if they decide it's a bad mechanic. Right. I don't know if you failed. It's just I'm just saying. I'm saying like, is or you it, need to rethink what, your what evaluates a good and bad mechanic? And I'm I'm not saying I don't. It's, I'm not saying one thing. I, mean, yeah. I don't like. I'm not crazy about save ribbons, but I played all the Resident Evil, so I, obviously right. I like the game more than I, I don't like the mechanic. I right.
1: think it's what you were saying before. It's like you have to determine what you're trying to say with the game, or what trying, what kind of um, how you want the player to feel. If you want them to feel frustrated, it's like the comparison I thought of in my head is like Super Meat Boy versus Super Mario Brothers, like. The super Mario Brothers was as frustratingly difficult as Super Meat Boy, then who would play it? But there's the Super Mushroom. There's 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 leeway.
0: There's, but, yeah, there's, there's forgiveness. But also, I think that a Super Meat Boy only exists in a world where Super Mario Bros exists because Super Meat Boy exists for the people that played Super Mario Bros and wanted the next step.
2: Sure, of challenge. But like some them, people don't, design. and and and, right. and then that's fine. But then, but then, what is what maybe we are calling a bad mechanic? For those people, would be a good mechanic. That's the mechanic that they're looking for. Something. I'm. That, I'm, I'm
0: not saying you know, one way or the other. No, I, don't, I know. I'm trying not. to. I'm just trying to suss out. Like, how do we? When you're a designer and you're making games, what do you decide is a good mechanic, or what? What do you well, decide? Who said that? Hey, let's make the reload mechanic in Gears of War active. an active process. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool idea, and it's a good mechanic. I think that that mechanic people enjoyed
2: yeah and i think it adds to the to the excitement and the when it takes a
0: traditional thing and makes tension another part of you're you're constantly yep here's a word about just fuck 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 go 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 run you know exactly
3: i think to go back to your question of if people don't like it is it a bad mechanic the why is the important part you know why don't they like it is it that it's new and, and different to them or is it frustrating um and and in that you can suss out whether or not you need to change it or not
0: well, and maybe you guys disagree with me, but I think, um, I'm a big believer that when you make a game and you put it out there to market, which Resident Evil is a game that was put out to market. Uh, most of the games we play are games that are put out to market. I think that they, you know, when the, the audience takes ownership of it at that point, yeah, they decide, and I do agree with that, that writer where it's like, I agree that there are games like that dragon cancer that I, I don't think you can say their intentions but if that Dragon Cancer had shitty movement, regardless of what the story they're telling, it's a it's a bad thing. Yeah, if you listen to Austin
1: Walker talk about it on the on the Beastcast, he was saying like some of these parts are just like overly
0: sappy, but you feel like a dick saying that they're overly right. I, sappy because I, this is someone's life. I think it's really important because I I think it's really important that that game came out. I will never play it because the trailer
2: made me get emotional, and I can never imagine yeah. that that kind of thing. But 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 at the same time, just to play devil's advocate, so you say that 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 game comes out. Because and because it was released, if if the mechanic is if the movement mechanic is bad, then it's inherently a bad mechanic. Mechanic, not a bad but, game. But what if it? What if? What if? As me making a game, it that mechanic, that movement mechanic, and I haven't played that Dragon Cancer, so I don't know. But and I'm I don't just know saying. If the is bad. Is, let's let's just say let's just say that that movement was exactly how I, as the game creator, wanted it to be. Should I release that game if it's if it's if I'm creating this as quote unquote an artist and I'm saying, look, you know, screw you guys. So it's it's kind of like when you look at really odd filmmakers like, you know, a David Lynch or even a Tim Burton where he maybe has more commercial success, um, where they're like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And most uh, people aren't going to like it. I think that but but Tim Burton never said, hey,
0: I'm going to put a black screen up for 10 minutes. and and obscure your enjoyment of this film. Tim Burton makes films to be, I mean, his films are objectively enjoyable. Depends on the film.
2: Like, Ed Wood is a really weird movie about a really weird subject. Um,
0: Okay, so, okay, so what I'm saying, though, is that as an artist, if you're making game for art, and you put a game out there, and you put a mechanic in that you feel passionately about. Sure. And, you want to create an emotion in people, I think it's your job to communicate you, you don't have to communicate your intentions, but the intentions better fucking pay off, right? I, I'm sure. saying games allow you to have these verbs that are different than other mediums where you do have to think through, is this mechanic that I'm passionate about arbitrarily getting in the way of what I'm saying?
2: Well, I think the games also differentiate from other media because there is a level of, the, of expected co-involvement. You know, when I if I, when I write a song, I'm not expecting... Someone you need at to home, jump around while you play or, guitar? Or even, like, I'm not expecting someone at home to pick up a guitar and fill in fill in the blanks that I didn't include in the original writing. Either they're going to like it or not, but I'm going to put out the music that I wanted to write for myself. Games, I think, to your point, is that, you know, as a game designer, you only are making a game with the idea that someone will play it. Right,
1: right. Um, and I think that's where the difference Chris is. Chris Sullenthrop, who is the... Uh, Keynote speaker for um, Globe Game Jam this weekend was talking about. Who's talking about? He's a he evaluates games a lot. Too. Yeah, he's a, he's a critic, um, and he was talking about how uh, we have this we have this misconception of the way we criticize games and what we compare it to, and for the most part, we try to compare them to movies or TV shows or something like that, like these passive engagements. Where he's like, if you want to compare a game where you're actively involved playing game is like playing an instrument yeah. so if you wanted to like that's that's where the that, that's where the enjoyment comes from is having this active participation and i, I and i like that metaphor a lot because yeah. like you can't really because he was saying how if someone were to come into a room and watch you playing a game all they see is the pictures on the screen right so they're like they don't see they don't feel you moving the controls so they don't understand that connection there but ev- People have a better understanding of playing an instrument just because, like, sure, there's no secondary visual component, it's just the person playing the instrument, yeah. So, I, I really like that comparison,
3: um, and I think that's why. Um, I, I know Mason said this, and I can't remember if you have. Um, we enjoy watching others play games because we know so much about what that feels like that we can extrapolate that just
2: from watching, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think when, when anyone. When anyone in this room watches someone else play games, we have a very informed perspective. So, like we were talking about you, you know, playing your game last night, where I'm watching you, thinking to myself, I can tell he's having issues with the camera and the controls. Mm-hmm. And the, but I don't think most people who are casual gamers or non-gamers would would understand oh, no. that from watching it. So, um, now that being said, to the active passive thing, I think the really great games have the perfect balance of. Active elements that are necessary and and fantastic passive elements um, as well. So uh, whether it's beautiful visuals that you don't have to be playing the game to really love, or music or or graphics, what you know, whatever whatever storytelling, um, copy. Th- these are things that uh, I think some of the best games have a fantastic and probably most importantly a fantastic active component, um, but also a really great passive component where. Uh, you can mold that, and I think someone like uh, you know Kojima is a great game maker who understands the the beauty and and uh, I don't want to say necessity because I know there are a lot of people who don't like how cinematic a lot of his games are, but uh, the the importance I think of of having that balanced active and passive kind of yin yang relationship. The
1: only question I have about this entire conversation is is that Dragon Cancer Frog Fractions too.
0: <laughs> what would you say? Is, That's terrible.
1: Is that Dragon Cancer Frog Fractions too?
0: If it was, oh God, Dylan, oh. no, no, Frog Fractions. You guys aren't,
2: you know what? I'm not familiar with it.
0: You know what, guys? Oh no, homework guys. this week. It's a. It's hey, a I've been game. good about doing my homework. So I know. And this is a short it's one. This something you can All play right. at Brand Center between classes. Look up Frog Fractions. We'll talk about it next week, and then Dylan and I can play it again this week to give us. A I've never line. played it. Okay. What? All right. Well then, uh, everyone, you need to all fucking step your game up. Y'all all fuck. So um, yeah, I just think that we, uh, the mechanic thing is a, is, a, is a, a a uh, it's a hard thing to reconcile because I, I do think that because, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that want to make oops, that, want to put their perspective out there via games, and I think it's really important. I think mm-hmm. that's something that we all want to do. Yep. Um, but I, I think that it's a different it's a different medium that that you have to take that relationship very seriously yes or you you fail as a game designer you can be a fucking good writer you can be a great you know audio uh, composer but to be a game designer I think that you have to stick the landing and I think that well, and reasons it, I'm not saying Resident Evil is a, I, it's, no, it's no, so no. divorced from that now but I think that if you have a really potent story and you want to tell it through games then you have to tell it um, in a way that your game enables that story to be better have you yeah. ever have you ever read um or write a fucking book you ever read Scott McCloud's Understanding
1: Comics? You ever read that? Mm-mm. Do you know what it is? No. Do you know who Scott McCloud is? No. Um, he was a cartoonist. He worked. Keep going. Do you I know, know anything? I know yeah. Fox McCloud. Do you is. know the name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so I asked Mason this. Wait, just off topic. Wait, one second. So, do you know? Shut up, Alex. Uh, you don't get to talk. <laughs> no, he was <laughs> he's going off the rails. I want to know who Scott McCloud is. No. So, I asked Mason uh, this the other day. I had to look up something about um, a, a Star Fox guess what the name of the star fox wiki is called what just no i need a guess barrel roll <laughs> <R-Wing>? <laughs> that, yep it's R wingpedia. nice uh, i think you're more upset about that than anyone else I, sh- I was just like man like that's a weird like why the ship why the model of the ship well i guess firefly do guess. you want it to be slippypedia well that's what Mesa's <laughs> suggested <laughs> And then, no, I I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then I, I like said Slippedia. Yeah, yes. And point. then I said, like, if there was an article that wasn't edited all the way as say, like, Help Me Fox or something, it'd be Portrait of Slippy. Uh, Guys, it's episode 25. Oh, uh, it's episode 25. We have to start. We, we have to, to start. start. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just <laughs> say it. All right. so, so if so I Scott, say now, I it. It. Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll cut, cut it. it. Word
0: Podcast episode 25, go. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll put that. Thank you. Uh. So Scott McCloud, he worked for DC. Can you
0: leave that in, though, so that it comes back? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so he was a writer, cartoonist for DC for a while, and then he became like more of a theorist about comics and like the creation of it. And then he created these three books that are, they're they're like they're, they're books, big books. Well, they're treatises on comics, but they're not. It's not text. It's it's, it's they're comics. So he writes That's about awesome. comics using comics. That's awesome. So it's like if someone made a, cool. it's like the beginner's guide, like how the be- have you played the beginner's guide? No,
0: I played the beginning of it. I played the <laughs> beginning of the beginner's guide. I really really think it's cool.
1: Cool, but he um, there's a part where he talks about like, cause in comics you have basically two components: it's art and writing, right? Art it's, and copy. It's art and copy, copy dad art. It's a big famous ad book. He um, talks about he has this visual metaphor where there there's the artist and the writer, and it's like, and the writer, and they're standing next to each other in this big room, and the writer says, "I'm going to be the best writer ever. I'm going to like." you know try to create the best prose blah blah blah, blah of, like these creative characters and etc and then the artist like i'm going to go hone my craft i'm going to be the best visual artist i can be We're going to practice every day etc cetera, etc cetera. and they do this and they're like okay now go talk to the other one and they like, reach their hands backwards and they're standing on opposite sides of the room and they can't reach each other because like mason's saying like it's about these things working in tandem not mm-hmm. how it work it's 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 the it's the fallacy of composition you heard of that probably so it's the idea. It's why the it's why the NBA All Star game sucks because they take every MVP from every team and put them together, but they don't work well together. Yeah. When I'll you see, realize
0: that like the ad model is based on having an art director work with a copywriter, right? Like that's
1: yeah. yeah. But some people lose that. So if mm. they want to be if they want to be a writer for games, it's not like being a screenwriter. Like the skills when, change. When I think of my favorite
3: comic books and and creatives in comics, I typically think of them as creative teams. Like uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, or uh, Bendis and Vaguely and like that kind of thing. Or writer director combos, I think, that, them, that yeah. work really well. Yeah,
0: uh, Alan Ball yeah. and anyone that he works with, because he's awesome.
3: Um, yeah, it, it is very Albert. much about the relationship in mo- in a lot of creative processes.
1: Dan and I, Double D podcast. That's right. Hey man, every time yeah, you say you, Double you, D, you, I
3: think of the that bit from Family Guy with with Stewie and Brian on their own talk show. And the entire thing is composed of sound effects and obscenities. <laughs> what you haven't seen? It's like that? a soundboard. Like yeah, they're just like, playing oh. a soundboard. Yeah, it's called like wolf wolf and the baby or something. Oh, and yeah, wolf wolf they have like and a siren and, and dogs barking.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: like like scoops and the wolf. Very clear that <laughs> the,
2: uh,
0: <laughs> the off-brand podcast is literally just offhand conversations with people at school. It's not. Don't 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 worry. Still my first. <laughs> um, That'll be your last. <laughs> Dylan, have you been playing anything? <laughs>
1: I um I played Tales from Borderlands, or, or through season two or episode two. I uh, finished Undertale. It's <laughs> done. <laughs> the game is done. I never want to talk unless about that I want game. To play. I never
0: want to talk about this game again. unless I
1: want to play New Game Plus. So the ending's really cool. That boss fight's cool.
3: I loved it.
0: I, I, it cool. I liked it. Flowy. I mm-hmm. it was flowy. Cool. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. They did with the visuals. Yeah, and I did what I, I was waiting the game to do it. Because it, it kind of handed out it so much it was going to break its own boundaries and then it finally did. But yep. your
1: like narrative ending's different because you played completely passively, right?
0: No, I got the... Uh, neutral? Neutral.
2: Yeah, oh, if you play passively, not. you won't fight Flyway at the end. So you're, you were neutral as well? I was neutral So no well. one was completely I passive. I tried to be passive, not realizing that you had to be completely passive yeah. in order to...
1: I feel horrible that I killed Asgore's wife. Yeah. Like, you killed
0: Asgore's uh, wife? Because the I, woman I takes care of you. I killed all the main characters. I didn't kill anyone. I mean I, I, killed a, a killed someone, yeah. I killed a monster. I killed a monster. I killed one thing. Was her name Tario? Hal- yeah.
2: Yeah, Tario. Yeah, she's dead. She's Alex dead is just the- a vicious asshole. <laughs> well, I tried
0: to I tried to spare Asgore. <laughs> he's not he's not a yeah, racist, but man, when it comes to monsters, but Alex I didn't kill Asgore. I mean uh the wife either. I did. She got all she made me feel bad for leaving. Yeah. It was annoying. And then she fought me, I was like, well, she was in my way. She had to go down. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> So Undertale, I like I liked it. Yeah, I like, it, it oh, that picked cool. me back up. I was like, okay, I'm back on board. Um, and, uh, it, it made me. It, what I liked about it is it did open up. I probably would never do it, but it did make me want to play a second playthrough, which I yeah. think is cool.
1: And I talked. And I, and I, I agree yeah, with I want. I kind of want to do that too. And I talked about with this with you before, but I like this and Fez are like the only two games I ever saw that are really good at like meta commentary on games. Like because Fez yeah, definitely had some good meta. You, you kind of like you Fez the. The world takes place in a game, and there's a like file corruption, and you have to go fix it. Yeah. But it's all very obfuscated, so it has like this religious kind of I overlay think, to it and I think, stuff.
0: I think jazz punk has some cool meta commentary on on, on
1: game design, and I think uh, but, but jazz punk's kind of like airplane in that sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah no, but I, I, still think, I still
0: think I think satire is is almost more important. Oh, absolutely. Um, not more important, but is, as, I as, not, as I would not, I would not. I would put it in the same silo. Yeah, right, it's, it's as effective, right? Um, and also, uh, Stanley Parable, right? It's very, that very, Alex very, very, very good um, at that.
1: A game that Dan, you should play. Yeah, I'll, but I like Fez and uh, Undertale more than I enjoyed the Stanley Parable. Like I played it. And I, I like I liked it. the
0: Stanley Parable much more than I like both those games. Hmm. I Stanley Parable surprised me in a ways where Undertale I expected a lot of it maybe I read too much going into it Mm -hmm. but I I still thought the writing in Undertale was awesome and I I, I liked it a lot but I I still I could see a lot of the guys coming where Stanley Parable like genuinely made fun of me well Stanley Parable is a lot like Fez where it's like I don't know how
1: many possibilities there are Mm because like Fez is kind of like The Witness where there's a huge uh, puzzle mechanic and there's a whole second playthrough where like in Stanley Parable or Fez? Fez Fez, okay where they give you these uh, dice and the dice are like Rosetta stones where you're translating this language and then doing that to unlock stuff and it gets ridiculous. Like, like It gets you,
0: fucking huge. It gets ridiculous. In a stupid way. And like, you can fly at one point. Well, you can fly the whole game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. But like you don't know the button combination. There's like a Konami code equivalent to...
3: It's function. crazy.
0: It's crazy. I had no idea you could fly in that. Yeah. That game's crazy. It's made by... It's, a, it's, a, it's such an impressive... Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, real shame box. that Phil Fish isn't making a second one because I'm curious like... What, what he would, would have done. Yeah, you know, yeah. If it might not be Fez two, but Fez two is good. The same games coming out. Whatever he's been ideating on, he uh-huh. didn't just cancel it outright. Uh-huh. I don't think so. I think that. I mean, he made a big stink about it. And he makes that's what he does. All,
3: yeah, what he does.
0: I still love Phil Fish. Why? I think he's why. Right. Huh? Give me a compelling reason. Because look at those sideburns. In, a in compelling reason to love Phil Fish. You can hey, you can. Love uh, his work. I think he makes great games. I think he's an asshole. Well, but I I don't think that I think I, mean, I like him for I come to the table for his his game design, not his opinions. Okay, fair. Um. Tales from Borderlands. Yeah, man, it's good. Spit on it. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying that today. It's been <laughs> drop on
1: it. <laughs> put it put it down. Um. It's been a while. What what happens in episode two? I forget. Let's go through. Oh, you okay. the, 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 pull
0: my screenshot up because. Yeah, uh, I took one too. Okay. I can tell you what I did. I, I oh no. Well, okay, let's talk really quickly on episode one now that we've all played it. Um, while you're pulling that screenshot up. Okay, so I got it. The, uh, Dylan, you got yours? yeah you can just talk about it. Yeah, I'll talk um, about it. If we have one doing it. Okay. I think Tales from the Borderlands does stuff cinematically in that last sequence when you're going around the, the Death Track that yes. I really enjoyed where it throws you from character mm. to character.
2: Yes. In the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved that sequence. And we'll I s-
0: thought it was a, a way to give a sense of um, climatic action to a game where your your inputs are very, you know, they're pretty binary. It's just you do this or you do that or you do the quick time event. But it made me feel a way that I really enjoyed because I think it, it shows that games can still convey that without making you shoot stuff or punch stuff.
2: Yeah, they uh, Telltale did a really good job with that. Similarly in uh, Walking Dead Season 2. Um, less so in Season 1, but Season 2 had a lot of that, like, how do we take, how do we manage to... Take something that would be pretty static and, and pa- almost passive and make you feel that you're really actively engaged in, in the way that Bo- Tales from the Borderlands did. And
0: I think there's a really impressive set piece from a design perspective. And I also think like hands down, like
2: they and they make those
1: characters so interesting at such a point that like I like the concept of, OK, here are the the, the traditional pairings. It's Reese recent. Uh, who's the other guy? The Vaughn. Vaughn it's recent Vaughn, Vaughn and then it's Fiona. And they make you
0: like Vaughn. Yeah, I like Vaughn. I like Vaughn a lot. Oh, I like Vaughn. I hated Vaughn the first time he came on the screen. I hated him. Uh also, okay, sorry. So it's it's like, like
1: recent Vaughn and then Fiona and what's Fiona's sister's name? Uh I
0: can't remember. Uh, but
1: yeah, but it's Sa- like Sasha. Sasha. Yeah. And then they and then they swap teammates. Yeah. So yeah. It's then it's recent Sasha and then it's Vaughn and and Fiona. Was oh, great. Great. Right. I really yeah. like
0: that. And they and they they definitely make the relationship between you and your respective compa- uh, companions matter even more in episode two yeah. where you do care about the stakes. And
1: mm-hmm. I, I just like, I like, always want to make either some, some piece of writing that's like concerned with the squad. You know, I think Suicide Squad's gonna do a really good job with that where you have all these characters and you will just, okay, we'll let's go silo these two together and see how they interact.
0: Do you um, Are you the guy that yells squad when you see your friends? <laughs> squad!
1: assemble! Uh, I just bring my fist together and then everyone collects. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, or, like, Republic Commando, I think, was, like, I one of the love first love that first uh, yeah, yeah.
0: When we talked about wanting to make squad mechanics that are randomly generated, but still, you know, that whole... Yeah. I think that that would be a really cool system to I mean to think about that.
3: So, um, on this list for episode two.
1: I uh, killed Doug. That's Who's Doug? from Walking Dead Season 1. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that's the go-to
0: joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, the big yeah, one's yeah. on here. Who's um, the guy who killed the center block? Oh, the dad? The dad. I killed him. I he always dies. Oh,
1: okay. Well, you him. Either stop Kenny or you don't. But so or you first, just try to. Who told Vaughn about Handsome
3: Jack? I did. I did. I did.
1: I did. I'm. I, I'm. I'm bad at keeping secrets in life. We're
3: doing Reese's Well, yeah.
1: Story first. Um.
3: Yeah. yeah. For season, um, first as so as two. a whole, how have you guys been treating Handsome Jack? Because I don't trust that guy worth a
0: damn. I don't trust him either. Yeah. I don't trust. I, I didn't. And I also gave. Fiona, yes, the thing at the very back. end.
1: I let
2: Fiona take care Me too. of her. Yeah, with the also, that was a great yeah I trusted yeah. Fiona. I, I bro fisted Vaughn. Yeah, yeah I love I love yeah. The sequence where we're like, bro bro bro, <laughs> yeah. bro, 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 bro. That's not how it happened.
1: And then, and the, uh, so did you destroy the loader bot in the first episode? Nope. I, no, did. I did. Yeah. Oh,
2: really? I did he
0: hates you now, dude. If he you blow he blew him up. Beat the shit out of me. Dude. Really? really? Loaderbot and I are like at the end of that. Yeah. Put, so Loaderbot
2: came back and you? like saved me. And... Oh, at this
3: point, um, what's his face is controlling him?
1: Huh. Because
3: there's... or did that not happen for you?
0: Well, what
1: happened for me? I remember when you're riding Loaderbot when you're escaping from um Vasquez, He throws you. He. Oh, he didn't throw me. But like when we're when I was brofisting Vaughn. Like Loaderbot's like me too, and then you're like yeah, he's like fuck you, and you just
0: bro fist spawn spawn <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Loaderbot and me, brofist. Yeah, you know.
1: no, me and Loaderbot.
0: Okay, wait, wait
3: though. So when you get to like the the um, area, and uh, Vasquez, Vasquez has taken over Loaderbot, um, did he use Loaderbot <laughs> to beat the crap out of you? Oh right, yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah no,
0: Loderbot uh, came and, and helped. Yeah, but Vasquez okay.
3: yeah.
1: so freezes him; like he takes control
0: yeah, over. Yeah, he him. does take control of um, him.
3: Yeah, I think because I, I told Lotterbot to self destruct. A lot of those interactions are now
0: more like Loderbot hurts me in some way. I love Loderbot as a character. Though. I just like everyone, everyone yeah. that rages on him is totally right. Yeah. He's great. Oh no, he's great. Yeah, and you got more Vasquez this episode. Yeah, I still love Vasquez. I think he's
2: awesome. I just love Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah, I that's, that, that's
0: a but when he can't get the gun to shoot, and the whole, like, he's just talking in circles, that yeah. was pretty good. Did he'll you, go forever. Did like, just keep talking.
1: Did you hack the gun or the car? Car. I hacked hack the gun.
2: What happened when you hacked the gun? Wait, it, hack the gun or the car? When he's about to kill you?
0: You're digging your own grave?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So
0: I, I tried
2: to read I think all. I did the car. I did the car. Yeah, I, yeah, I did yeah. the gun. I, I the tried car. to read
3: all the flavor text for both, and I failed. Like, he <laughs> shot me. So, I had to go back and, and quickly get to the part. He of He shot game you, attack. and I said yeah.
1: Valar Morgulis. Yeah. That's what it says when you die in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, I, speaking of Game of Thrones, I was looking up reviews for the iOS um, one. And I was just flipping through my phone. Apparently, the story is very um, hard to diverge from. Like, there, there are no variations on it.
1: Really? Um, like, specifically for the iOS one or just I the think game just, in general?
3: just the game in general. Like, people have gone back and tried different playthroughs. And Wait, it makes you right? feel better about your... Oh, yeah.
1: That's most telltale games, though. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a choice at the very end that you pick, and it's very much the Doug or wow. Carly, fe- female Doug. I'm not telling you who. I'm just saying it's like that, and it's gonna determine this the second season. Cool. Uh
3: oh, that'd be neat if they add some exponential changes.
1: Yeah. But- well, I think they're just gonna swap out those characters and in-, in whatever place they're in. But they have very different personalities. So, yeah. so they, they
2: they did a really nice job with that in the like mini episode of Walking Dead season one. The uh, what was it like one hundred and forty days or, uh, or I think something 500 like that? Five hundred days. Five hundred days of summer. Uh, yes, of summer. Um, they really did a nice job at playing off of your decisions from season one to tailor that. Yeah. Um, so that. Those characters never come back, right? In season two the five hundred days characters? One or two of them do. But that's it. Five hundred the five hundred days does impact season two. I just of don't summer. remember exactly how.
1: <laughs> Welcome back.
2: Uh I know what we're talking
0: about. Yeah. Okay, what other decisions were there? Yeah, what was the big one? You guys said there was a big one. Is it choosing Jack versus Fiona? Yeah, I think that's that, the big that one. Did we all choose Fiona? I did. Yeah. Um, I will say that I I genuinely do like all the interactions with Jack in this game. I the do same. too. They're where hilarious. he's like trying to oh the guy I punt like that whole sequence where he's like I punched him every day. Yeah, yeah. Really like Wallet really or something? Funny. What was Vasquez's name? I think
3: Wallet head. Yeah, yeah, because he had Wallethead. hair plugs. Do you guys call him Wallet head? I do. Yeah, I, I did call do, him, yeah. That guy.
0: I I, I just I really that game is it does improve the entire franchise. In episode two, I think. Oh, that's
2: how it. Is. I remember now. I I, I will two. say
0: that I, I I was definitely more. The experience through episode one as a whole, I enjoyed more than episode two, but I did really like how episode two led into episode three, and I haven't started episode three
2: yet. I haven't started yeah. episode three yet either, but I like the way episode two ended. I just remembered how episode two ended. Also, the way episode two starts is probably one of my favorite Yeah, I like, all of video games ever. I like that a And I like that that music
0: cue. What song is that?
2: Uh, so I looked it up. It's. I know that song. I the guy I hadn't recognized. I thought it was The Heavy, but it's not. It's like Stephen James or something like that is his name. Um, but I looked I, it up. I thought it was cool too. Because it's in that a commercial now on TV that I mm-hmm. saw.
1: I My favorite parts of like Alan Wake are the interstitials between yes. episodes yes. yes. when they yeah. play the music, when yes. they play uh, the Nick Cave, the Bad Seeds song, Yep, yep. when he falls into the water. I yep. think
0: Alan Wake is probably one of those games that uh, are a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of, of what you really like in games and what I really like in games where it's this did you like Alan Wake? Yeah.
1: Alan yeah. Wake's a great game.
0: I like but there's like a weird like there
1: are weird nostalgic things that like trigger things me cause I, I never looked it up but I swear to god that the voice actor for Alan Wake was the narrator for Thomas the Tank Engine at one point cause it's like the exact <laughs> same Alec voice. Alec Baldwin? No not Alec Baldwin. Oh. And not Ringo Starr but it was like one, of, and not George Carwood or George Carlin, um, keep, keep going. He but uh, he just has that very same voice, like very because when he's narrating himself, going through the world, it's like it just hits. It there's a weird like trigger in my brain that like hits Alan back. Wake
0: really scared me. Yeah, really? Yeah, like I was genuinely because I know it's not a scary, scary game, but I really like it. It did invoke fear without. I like things that it's are such scary an that aren't yeah. It's aren't unsettling game. it's very. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I like sounds of the land. I, I, I love that that Pacific unsettling.
2: Northwest kind of. Twin Peaks dude that game
0: Twin, is Twin, Pe- Twin Peaks. Peaks you collect thermoses like yeah. it's fucking I've never
2: played I've never seen Twin Peaks you can't
0: play Twin Peaks not a
2: game I doctor. played by not watching releasing a a reboot of Twin Peaks directed by David Lund it's, it's like
1: Twin Peaks and Deadwood and all that stuff like doesn't make any sense to me I've never... I don't know
0: why you're pulling Deadwood into that is yeah. that Deadwood's, the same no that no, was a western that was
1: completely different
0: you're just thinking of trees cause yeah. Pacific Northwest.
1: yeah I love me some trees I watched that Funnier Die Captain Planet series. Have you seen that? Oh, with, uh, the, with Don
2: Cheadle. Cheadle as oh, my Captain God. I've only seen one
1: episode. Is there a whole
3: series? There's five of them. Oh, my God. It's
2: weird. Well, and I think Don Cheadle's just a so, funny guy. The narrator for Thomas the Tank Engine has been in three video games, though Alan Wake is not one of them uh, Thomas and Friends, The Great Festival <laughs> Adventure, Thomas and Friends, Trouble on the Tracks, <laughs> and Grand Theft Auto and Thomas, and <laughs> and Thomas, and Friends, <laughs> Thomas and Friends Building the New Line. So, unfortunately, not the same guy. Started.
0: that's okay thanks for that well i mean so and we're gonna try to play episode three at some point point. and frog fractions and frog well frog fractions is probably a, a 30 minute commitment tops if you really get into it you say that as if i have 30 minutes to spare i know i, <laughs> I mean know. we're making a game today so Yeah. um but yeah we're making a game today so we should we should probably hit that and then wrap this up though because if you want to have we're jamming huh jamming jamming, jamming. So we're doing the the global game jam, which is a, a worldwide game jam, and the theme this year is ritual. And our game is a, it's named um Alex. <laughs> it's uh, named Brist the game. We put it to bed. We put it to bed. It's to bed. It's it went it's to it's sleep. It. it just woke up. It had to go. It had to pee, and it went back to bed. I smelled it with a pillow. It's fine. Wait, you have to. So
1: are we calling it morning grind or what are we calling it?
3: I like
0: core competencies as a name. You? Just, I think I think uh, no. I'm fine, with it. I'm fine. I'm I'm with anything at this point. Yeah. We um. It's a game where you, you, you run through your morning ritual and it you just run around your house and you, you brush your teeth, you put your pants on, and you check the weather.
1: Or you don't put your pants on. Or you don't. Or you don't or maybe Maybe you fail at
2: making like to to a games,
0: It's a game where your choices matter. Hmm.
2: Not really. Doug might die. Carly might oh, die. your choices matter. You get a different story at the end depending on the choices you make. Mm-hmm. Well, and it,
0: more if you fail We're encouraging multiple play-throughs. We are.
2: encouraging multiple
0: playthroughs we are it has been so long. But I think we'll have more to talk about next week about it. Cause I think yeah. the big thing to talk about is, you know, our experience. I think I've, we've had a, I've had a blast so far working with you guys. I, I wish. Likewise. I wish. Um, I really just don't like working with Dan. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> we should uh, have John come on. I know. Come I want. I kind of want to get his yeah. his take on it because I think I'm I'm having a lot of fun working with multiple devs too. Yeah. Uh, programmers, I mean. Yeah. Um, but I I really like what we we, we got going, and I like doing it at the depot. And RVA Game Jams as usual puts on a stellar show.
1: Yep, yep, A lot of cool people there too in the Richmond, like greater Richmond game community. So those YouTube guys, instant replay live. People that run Pixel Fest were there. That was cool.
0: Looks like John's working on something. My Dropbox is getting updated.
1: Yeah, mine was a little a while ago.
0: Um I have the most recent. Getting route. all his temp files. <laughs> so uh but yeah, I mean initial thoughts from your first game jam. I think um, so far,
3: so good. Uh, it's been a totally new experience for me and I'm really liking it so far.
1: John told me last night that you when you were talking to him that you were enjoying this so much more because it's so much less stressful than most of your brand center projects.
0: Oh fuck you yes, oh my dude. God. Yes. are you kidding me? Well and also I think that I think that you and I uh, we've done enough now where we work better on them, I think. I mm-hmm. think it's the, the smoothest we've worked on the game. Yeah. I think I agree. No, yeah. uh, you could you could pick the ball up there. And, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> um, so it's it's definitely less stressful, and it's definitely uh, I feel more in my element making games than I do ninety percent of the stuff I do at the brand center. Yeah. So, exactly yeah, your here.
2: element, Donnie. Hmm?
0: Don't lose the ashes, man. But I like I like I like it. I think it's I think we we have a good team this time. It really helps too, and everyone. I think that the uh, the feedback that everyone's been been throwing at each other it, it's really productive. Sometimes
2: sometimes the brand center gets a little vindictive.
1: Really?
2: Well, and there are also people at the brand center that you can be in teams with where they don't contribute, contribute or or carry their weight. And I don't think <sighs> for the game jam we haven't had to worry about that at all. Everybody, yeah, you know, jumps on the different things that have to happen, and and we're all working on. We making, take a photo of that whiteboard, though. making it happen. I, I should. I'll take a better photo. Yeah, of to make, a, make, photo. A,
0: make a blog
1: post about it or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we need to get going because we got seven and a half hours.
0: You got to pee or something? Nah. Well, you know, right. what's what's the yeah. worst We got a little time. We'll head over to the depot? I said, huh. It's episode 25, Dylan. Go. Go. Ooh, no, 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 no. Goodbye. 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 Now's good the
1: time, good time good to good say goodnight. Night. Bye, Dylan.